A new natural gas pipeline is barreling through North Carolina, and controversy is coming with it. We'll show you which counties will be impacted and the residents who are against it. The 16-year-old who lost her 9-year-old brother and parents are still fighting for their lives explains what happened when this mobile home caught on fire. I woke up to orange flames. The air felt like it was on fire. It's a story you'll only see on WREL. A taste of spring temperatures is coming with spring rain chances. All time out the rest of your work week and your weekend. Right now at 7 o'clock, we're going to start with breaking news. Take a look at this fire. Crews working to knock this out at a condo complex right near NC State's campus. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dan Haggerty. This video here, just into our newsroom in the last 30 minutes, you can see it shows those flames coming from the roof. WRL's Aaron Thomas is live on the scene. This is off Capability Drive. Aaron, do we know if anybody was hurt in this? Well, Dan, the good news is that no one was hurt. That's according to Raleigh fire officials. We did learn that there was a dog inside at the time of the fire on the first floor. It appears this fire uh, occurred on the third floor. You can see uh, it is now uh, moving out, and Raleigh fire officials have been spent countless amount of time working to put it out without any hot spots. Let's take you to that video once again. Video of the plane shooting from the top level uh, roof of this townhome. Uh, this actually caught the attention of many people living nearby. I actually spoke with uh, one woman who lives two doors down, and she says that she stepped out of her home and she realized smoke uh, was coming uh, from nearby. So it looks like the firefighters are just about to wrap up. Thankfully, no one was at home at the time of the fire. On our lake, who's beginning at 10 on Fox 50, we're going to be speaking with the man who says that his father lives here and how grateful he is that his father and that dog inside were not hurt. Dan? All right, firefighters still very busy at the scene there. Aaron will check back in live in Raleigh. Thank you. Let's get to this new pipeline that's coming to North Carolina. Dominion Energy is planning to build. It spans 45 miles in the northern part of the state. Natural gas pipeline that will cross through a part of our area in Perth. County, also running through Caswell and Rockingham as well. WRL Shelley Jackson reports some folks in Person County are concerned a bit about the footprint Dominion is leaving behind. Dominion Energy says the new pipeline is needed to meet federal regulations and an increasing need for natural gas. But some folks who live in Person County say they are concerned about the impacts these projects will have in the county. Andrea Childers lives about 20 miles from the proposed pipeline and feet away from another Dominion project. She's concerned. What I see happening is that we're going to have natural gas all over this county. Dominion Energy has already ruffled feathers in southeast Person County with plans to build a 485-acre liquefied natural gas storage facility called the Mariah Energy Center. Earlier this month, a lawsuit was filed claiming this site would harm the quality of life for people living nearby. Now, Dominion Energy says it's building a new pipeline. It will run 45 miles across Person, Caswell, and Rockingham counties and supply a new power plant that Duke Energy plans near Roxborough. There is an existing pipeline through a quarter, a right-of-way, that Dominion Energy operates. And so that pipeline has been in service for many, many decades. And because of federal regulations, we are installing a new one. The new pipeline will be adjacent to the old one, which will continue to operate at reduced capacity with the new pipeline acting as the main transmission line. Dominion Energy says there is an increasing demand for natural gas, but Childers worries about the cost. It is going to turn us into a modern day coal town. 
except it's going to be a modern day liquid gas facility. Shelly Jackson, WRAL News, Raleigh. Let's turn to the weather now. Warmer temperatures also tracking the increase of some rain chances coming in the next few days. Meteorologist Kat Campbell in the WRAL Severe Weather Center with the timing on this system. Here's the system that we're watching right now. It doesn't look like much, but we've got this flow of moisture. So as it moves east, it'll run into all that moisture and really begin to come together throughout the day tomorrow. We are not going to see any of that rain until we get into early Friday morning. Throughout the day tomorrow, it's just an increase in cloud cover, and we have that warming wind out of the south tomorrow as well. After midnight tomorrow night, though, we could see some rain begin to move in. We'll see scattered showers around for the morning commute. This is a new model in this afternoon, and we're going to continue to see those showers move east through about lunchtime. But one of the things I'm watching is that there could be some scattered showers kind of on the backside of this front that move through, even an isolated storm. So I have extended rain chances a bit later in the evening. Coming up, we'll talk more about the warm temperatures that will come with this system. All right, we'll check back in. Kat, thank you. So it has been at this point just over 24 hours since a 16-year-old was sent to the hospital. Hannah Miller, she was overcome by smoke after her family's mobile home caught fire. A story with a tragic ending. Her 9-year-old brother uh, died. Her mother and father, they continue to fight for their lives. But WRL has learned that just a couple of hours ago, that teenager was released from the hospital. WRL Fayetteville reporter Gilbert Bays had a chance to talk with her by phone in an interview you'll only hear on WRL. You know, it would be hard to imagine what it would be like being in this mobile home when it caught fire. For 16-year-old Hannah Miller, she says it's an experience she will never forget. As of last night, I was a wreck. Like, the first time I heard that my brother was dead, I laughed because I was like, it's a joke. There's no way. He's too full of life. But it was no joke. Nine-year-old Thomas Miller died in the fire that burned the family's home on Dasher Lane. Miller says the fire started in the bedroom she shared with her brother. I woke up to orange flames. I woke up to him screaming because the, the fire was mostly by his bed. She woke her father. Then she grabbed her brother and headed for the bathroom. I got out of the bathroom because I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to trap myself in here. I'm about to make this bathroom my coffin if I stay in here. She and her brother left the bathroom and were separated in the smoke-filled mobile home. Her dad told her to low crawl to the back door. She made it out. Her nine-year-old brother didn't. She found out in the hospital. My Aunt April came in, and that's when I got the news that my little brother, my little brother, Thomas James Miller, full of life, bright blue eyes, absolutely funny. I mean, everyone at school adored him. Miller says her father continues to blame himself for not saving her brother's life. She's trying to make him realize this was a tragic accident. Don't, don't do that because it's not your fault. He did everything he could, my dad. He was a superhero. So it was an accidental fire with the family trying to stay warm. Now Hannah Miller is hopeful that God will heal her parents and keep his hands around her brother. In Cumberland County, Gilbert Bays, WREL News. Just unimaginable pain for that family. Uh, her mother again and father in serious condition at the UNC Burn Center in Chapel Hill. Animal services officials are warning people now around the Chapel Hill area of a confirmed rabies case. A raccoon apparently found on U.S. Highway 15501 and Southern Village tested positive for rabies. The case was reported just yesterday after a pet owner said their dog got into an altercation, a bit of a fight with a raccoon while out on a walk. The county is reminding people to make sure your animals are up to date on their rabies vaccinations. 
Meantime, Wake County Animal Center filled up fast once again at this point at maximum capacity. This comes just three weeks after resuming those acceptances of uh, accepting new animal surrenders. The, the shelter says it has 144 dogs now, a few puppies and some cats available. Another 39 dogs are in foster care. So far this month, 258 dogs have come into the shelter with only 197 adoptions. To encourage adoptions, the shelter is reducing those adoption costs. Hundreds of people lined up inside Ashworth's today in Cary for one final hot dog. The drugstore temporarily reopening just to allow some customers to, to pop in for that final time before it closes for good. WRL digital producer Heather Leah was there as the locals there flooded into the store. They purchased some of their final mementos. They sat down at that famous, uh, that famous seat there at the fountain for a hot dog and an ice cold orangeade. <laughs> Ralph and Daphne Ashworth, they opened Ashworth's drugstore in 1957. You can find more on Ashworth's final day on WREL.com. A complex procedure completed right here in the Triangle. Third time's a charm. This young woman has undergone three double lung transplants, her amazing health journey, and why doctors at Duke Health felt they could give her a third chance. Plus, the maker of the popular Stanley Tumblers is facing a new lawsuit. More to come. We are learning some more tonight about a man arrested and charged for his alleged involvement in a deadly shooting and fire earlier this week. Deputies say Matthias Bagby shot two men, which led to a manhunt and law enforcement then trying to find him. At the same time, a house burned down. WRL's Destiny Patterson found a long history of accusations of dangerous behavior, but almost all of them were dismissed. I'm holding pages and pages of accusations going all the way back to the 90s and spanning three different counties. Almost all of them are listed as disposed or dismissed. The earliest court record I found is dated 1996. The case out of Durham County accused Bagby of assault on a female. Fast forward to 2019, Bagby faced multiple charges of communicating threats. Both of those charges dismissed. In 2022, Bagby was accused of making harassing phone calls. Court records show, quote, dismissal without leave after deferred prosecution. In other words, Bagby was able to strike a deal to get the charges dropped. Just last year, a woman was granted a no-contact order after accusing Bagby of sending threatening emails and making death and sexual threats against her. That case was also voluntarily dismissed. I took those concerns to District Attorney Billy West. He told me, quote, on multiple occasions, the judge denied the state's motion to continue. We would have made the motion to continue because an essential witness was not present and we could not proceed without them. I found all of this after a community near Fayetteville was shut down earlier this week. This is where deputies investigated a house fire and deadly shooting. Matthias Bagby appeared in a small courtroom facing several charges related to that incident just this week. Court documents say Bagby is accused of breaking into a victim's home, David Matthews, and shooting him multiple times. It says Bagby shot another neighbor, Richard Yarbrough, to death while he was trying to help Matthews. 
I asked the district attorney what he would say to victims who see these reoccurring accusations and don't feel like justice is being served. He says that he would encourage victims to see their cases through if possible in order to not be re-victimized themselves and to prevent others from becoming victims. Destiny Patterson, WREL News, Cumberland County. A school resource officer in Hoke County was hit by a car while directing traffic. The district says it happened this morning outside of Sandy Grove Elementary. Several people stopped to help. The officer suffered a broken leg but is expected to be okay and recover. So far, no charges have been filed. The school district said this is a reminder for people to slow down in school zones. Multiple customers now suing the maker of Stanley Tumbler for failing to disclose their cups contained lead. Stanley says it's it's sealing material used to secure insulation around the base is where this is. That The company says it's not anywhere that would come in contact with customers. There have been no official reports of health complications caused by the tumblers. Doctors at Duke Health are celebrating their 13th successful triple double lung transplant. It is a complex procedure, as you can imagine, that's only been done 15 times in this country. Many of the patients have cystic fibrosis, including the most recent to undergo the surgery, Taylor Stevenson. The 26-year-old from Oklahoma had gone into rejection with both of her previous sets of lungs. She said she didn't even know third transplants were an option and is thankful that she has been given another chance. I'm giving it all to God and my doctors. Like, they knew what they were doing. They, he knew these lungs were perfect, um, and they are. Taylor says she got this bit of good news on Valentine's Day when her first set of scans since, uh, since the surgery came back clear of rejection, which is good news. So late this afternoon, Governor Roy Cooper hosted black, black educators at the governor's mansion. Those uh, filled the room with many coming from different parts of the state. The governor said that all children deserve uh, do better in a diverse school environment. He said his goal is to not let the state fall behind in education, but continue to move ahead. I couldn't think of a better way to honor Black History Month than to bring some of the very best black educators in North Carolina's history to the people's house to celebrate it, to talk about the good things that are happening, and to talk about how we can do better. The governor also said he's determined to fully serve public schools before private schools. Staff and consultant teams from Dix Park and the city of Raleigh are sharing some plans and progress for a number of projects at their second annual summit. All the work being done is in connection to the master plan to transform Dorothea Dix Park, which was adopted about five years ago. The summit is happening a week from today, February 28th. It'll be held in the chapel at Dix Park. Of course, we'll let you know what they say there. Meantime, let's turn to weather. Meteorologist Kat Campbell joining us now. A lot of nice park weather in the forecast. A couple days of rain though. Oh yeah, we've got a lot of days where people are going to want to be outside exploring some of our local parks. Goldsboro, Fayetteville, Apex, Top of the Hill, Restaurant there in Chapel Hill, all looking good outside tonight. Things are nice and quiet. They'll stay that way tomorrow. So if you want to get outside for a bike ride, a walk, a jog, temperatures are chilly in the morning around 33 at 6, 7 a.m. By 10 a.m. we're back near 50. 
Lunchtime, you start to notice the different feel. Temperatures around 60. That's thanks to a warming south wind. And then by the afternoon, we should warm into the mid 60s. We'll see increasing clouds tomorrow. Not the full sunshine that we saw today, but all around a pretty nice day outside. Highs in the mid 60s, thanks to our warming wind. And then Friday is when we have a better chance for rain. The best chance would be for the first half of the day through perhaps the early afternoon, but we can't rule out an isolated shower or even rumble of thunder by the afternoon there. Temperatures still in the 60s on Friday and next week it's going to be even warmer. Above normal temperatures are in the forecast February 27th through March 2nd and we should see at least some of those days in the 70s and you'll see a hint of that more significant warm up on our seven day coming up in a minute here. Below normal temperatures in the west, above normal in the east and this has been the story of our winter so far. Winter to date, temperatures are running almost five degrees above normal, making it the second warmest winter to date on record. It's also been very wet, the fifth wettest to date on record. Over four inches is where we are in terms of rainfall, four inches above normal, I should say. And that was our hope. That was our hope for snow this year was just all the moisture that we had. The issue is in our warming climate, you have a one degree increase in temperatures and that gives you 4% more water vapor. So with temperatures going up a little bit, we get a lot more moisture. We just haven't had that moisture overlap with the cold air. It's not just here locally. When you look at airports in the country that see snow and you compare the data between 1970 and 2023, 64% of those locations are reporting less snow nowadays. And we're in third place for our longest snow drought. This is 0.01 inches of snow. So for any snow, not even an inch of snow. And we've been keeping you up to date on these numbers all winter. Here's the latest 752 days without a trace of snow at RDU. Snow lovers, it's not looking good for us this year. For tonight, low temperatures are in the low to mid 30s. It is going to be a chilly start tomorrow morning, but a nice recovery for the afternoon. Some mid 60s on the way. A little bit of a dip in temperatures over the weekend with a few sprinkles Saturday. We even get down to 30 Sunday morning and then next week temperatures climb even higher. We're back in the low to mid 70s next week. That will come with some low end rain chances, a few spotty showers possible. Spring lovers though, just get ready for next week. I know a lot of happy faces are watching that seven day next week right now, Dan. Yeah, I, I like the temperatures. I like the way it looks, Kat. Thank you. There's a girl from the Triangle who's in the national spotlight. So we'll tell you the story behind the STEM princess and how she's inspiring others coming up. Today, a one-day conference was held for visually impaired students in Raleigh. Lenovo hosted 18 students for the Governor Moorhead School of the Blind. Students learned new ways to use technology to help them to, get to navigate the world and workforce. Part of the partnership is talking to students about the technologies they want to use on the day-to-day, -day, what features would be most beneficial to them, and many times we share with them our products and get feedback. They had a great keynote speaker today. Lex Gillette is a uh, native here to Raleigh. He is a five-time Paralympic medalist, an 18-time national champion. He, spent, uh, he spoke to the students about his journey as a visually impaired person and tools that they can use to succeed. An 11-year-old entrepreneur from the Triangle was featured on the Drew Barrymore Show today. Meet Ava. She's known as the STEM princess. She attended Spring Valley Elementary in Durham. 
a dyslexia diagnosis and difficulty reading inspired her to challenge herself and start her own brand, Team Genius Squad. It's a nonprofit that helps people to overcome educational and personal challenges. On today's episode of the Drew Barrymore Show, the young scientist shared her story and performed a STEM experiment. I couldn't read like everyone else. And I felt really bad about it. So I started getting in trouble to stop reading in front of the other kids. So I told my mom, and she took me to go and get tested and found out I had dyslexia. So I started the squad to help me and encourage others. So through her brand, Ava designs and sells STEM-inspired accessories and toys, creates educational STEM videos. Drew Mary Barrymore actually, as you see there, surprised her with uh, a few thousand dollars, a donation to Team Genius Squad for STEM research and education. A female otter at the North Carolina Aquarium at Fort Fisher will now call Kansas City home. Celine, who is the daughter of the otters Leah and Quincy, was just moved to the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium. She's a triplet. Her sister May was moved to Florida in the fall, and her other sister Stella is still at Fort Fisher with her parents and some other younger siblings. Workers say, although it's always sad to see any of them go, Selena is in good hands. Spring is just around the corner, and a new survey is now revealing the top five camping destinations in North Carolina. Take a look at the list. Hanging Rock State Park is the number one destination for pitching tents, followed by Lake James State Park, Pisgah National Forest, South Mountains State Park, and Mount Mitchell State Park. All great places. Bet Carolina used Google Trend and Reddit to find out where people like to head when they go outdoors. And as you saw with that seven-day forecast, we were about to get some really nice outdoor weather, uh, especially next week. I know people are excited about that seven-day forecast and uh, weather that's going to feel like spring. We appreciate you being with us here tonight on WRL News and choosing us for your local forecast and newscast. Our next newscast is at 10 o'clock on Fox 50, and then we'll see you right back here at 11 on WRL. Until then, have a great night. watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257.